grub by this time. Mine is intact, waiting in store for an evil day. I haven't done nearly as much reading as I ought to have done for the exam. Can you tell me anything about the history of Europe or the world between AD 100 and 1066? Because I know nothing. Or tell me of a book which puts it shortly. I only know that Charlemagne was crowned in 800, but what he was doing there I haven't the faintest. The month of the Somerville examination came far too quickly for the progress of my solitary studies. My first paper plunged me at once into panic, and I inwardly resolved that the moment we were permitted to leave the room, I would tell the principal that I was returning home at once. Suddenly, though, I decided to stick out the ordeal. Frantically seizing my pen, I started to write. Uppingham, 25th of March, 1914. Dear Vera, Many thousand congratulations on your exhibition to Oxford. Why would you not believe me before when I told you that the average woman of today is not clever? If, as you say, you did partly the wrong work, it shows that you must have been far superior to the majority of them. I feel quite out of it not being able to get any award myself. However, you at any rate have saved the family reputation and I heartily congratulate you once more. It will be most useful to you all the time you're up at Oxford, as scholars and exhibitioners form a higher class of their own. And it will also be a great satisfaction to feel that you have succeeded in earning something. I wish I could. In April 1914, Edward invited a school friend to Buxton to stay with us for part of the Easter holidays. He looked forward to his friend's coming with definite pleasure, but also with a little trepidation, for Roland Leighton, besides being captain of their house, had an enormous school reputation for brilliance and unapproachableness. He was head of Uppingham in work and editor of the school magazine. Like Edward, he was destined for Oxford in the autumn and had recently won the senior open classical postmastership at Merton College. Although my interest threatened effervescence, I managed to be out of the house when Roland arrived. Coming in purposely late for dinner, I greeted with a lofty assumption of indifference the young man who rose hastily from his chair. But I had not been with him for ten minutes before I realised that in maturity and sophistication he was infinitely the superior of both Edward and myself. I hardly saw him that evening, for after dinner I had to hurry off to attend some amateur theatricals which I had been asked to criticise for the Buxton Advertiser. But the next morning, when I was anxiously composing my review, I found him beside me, unobtrusively suggesting words and phrases. For the rest of the day, we discussed various matters such as literature and religion. During the course of a ten-mile Sunday walk through the famous Goit Valley, I amused myself with an intimate analysis of Roland's character. He became very silent under my animadversions on his conceit and that manner of expressing it which I called the quiet voice. Down the long white road we walked together, down between the grey hills and the heather where the tawny-crested plover cries. You seemed all brown and soft, just like a linnet. Your errant hair had shadowed sunbeams in it and there shone all April in your eyes. Before Roland returned home, I had to leave Buxton for a long-arranged visit to some relatives in the Lake District. I had been looking forward immensely to this holiday, and could not understand why, when the time came, I suddenly felt so unwilling to go. Dear Vera, Edward has commanded me to address you in this way. I hope you do not object. Here is the story of an African farm, but such a wretched little addition after all that I feel it is hardly worth sending you. Please forgive it and me. 
The spirit was willing, but the publisher's unaccommodating. When you have read it, let me know what you think of it, and whether you agree with me that Lindell is rather like you, only sadder, perhaps, and not so charmingly controversial. I am so very sorry that you had to go away just as I was learning to renounce the quiet voice and had begun to feel less shy. It sounds very selfish of me to say this, but I have enjoyed my visit to you, as you put it, immensely. Now that the greater attraction has taken herself off, I shall be free to devote myself to the neglected Edward, not that he seems to mind very much. Meanwhile, till speech day, yours very sincerely, Roland Leighton, or Aubrey, if you prefer it. Dear Roland, thank you so much for the story of an African farm. I am delighted with it. I cannot think why you should despise the edition, as it pleases me. For though ornate bindings look very elegant in my bookcase, the plainer ones are the kind I use.